Hello, we are the Edgy Futurists. I'm Dan Fitzpatrick. I'm Ben Whitaker. And I'm Stephen Hope. The Edgy Futurist Vault. The Edgy Futurists Vault. So tonight's episode of the Vault Podcast, uh, we've got the amazing Louise Jones, a UK regional uh, manager for Google for Education, supporting digital learning, teaching across Scotland. But he's also a part of the global team focusing on accessibility, and that's what we're going to look at this evening. So welcome, Louise. Thank you. Lovely to be here again. So I know accessibility is a massive buzzword, and I think it's in a place where it should be. Um, I think the Accessibility Act of 2018 has put it into people's minds. But um, do you want to walk us through in regards to what Google's been doing and also what's what's coming, maybe? Yeah, happy to. And it's really interesting because I've just come off of um, a Google Hangouts on Air, which everyone can access, which has just prompted my assistant on my screen. <laughs> and uh, people can go and watch that anytime. And there's an hour long video from the Google team. Um, I'll, I'll pop the link in so you can see the recording. But what I really like about the accessibility tools that are coming out from Google for Education and Google in its entirety, and you put it largely into three buckets, or maybe four buckets, or maybe five. The, the first one is, of course, there's the baked-in features, Chrome devices, which have now been surfaced, so it's a lot more easier to find where those functions are. And... I mean, if you had a one-to-one Chromebook model, it would be a dream, wouldn't it? So you could make sure that every student had access to every single function that they required. And and as you know, you'll be aware that you don't look at a group of people and think, well, they've got an accessibility requirement and they haven't. You can't ever make that assumption. Some pupils are maybe have a statement of need, so maybe achieving a statement of need or going through the process, and some might not ever get to go through that process. So we've got to just make sure that all of those functions are surfaced and are available to every single user and educator. So the baked-in functions are getting even more um, enhanced than we've seen before. So, for example, things like your speech-to-text and text-to-speech, Dictate, which is going to work wherever your mouse is on any particular site, which also means that that will work brilliantly on other tools that you might use. So I think that those are only going to increase things like the captioning on Meet, which is incredible now. And just think, where's that going to go next? Uh, The captioning on slides, those kinds of tools. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, so I think one of the things is that comes out of fostered of every student matters and that every learner matters. And I think that's that's really powerful in what google are doing isn't it yeah. that's 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 the mentality isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and then the second bucket um i would say is the kind of various apps and extensions which you can add on to your browser and add on to docs or sheets and slides that are going to give you all of the additional functionality and then within that kind of group i would also say have a look at the new assistive and augmentative apps that are coming out, which are packaged Chrome apps. So they work offline, which means that you've actually got tools in which people can use to communicate with as well. Um, Clicker is the one that I actually quite like by Crick. And then, of course, you've got the ways in which G Suite tools just in general can be used for universal design of learning. So if you put all of that together in a big picture, you You've got the baked-in functions, which everyone can use, whether it's dictate, text-to-speech, Chromevox, 
And I keep discovering things every time I demonstrate something. So, for example, I was demonstrating um, text to speech, which is where you can highlight a portion of the text. And I accidentally uh, clipped in a picture that was on the CBB's website and I went to demonstrate it. And then suddenly this wonderful uh, description of the picture came up in my example, my demonstration. And it was because the website had alternative text built into the pictures. So whenever you're demoing things, you know, I'm just constantly learning what you can do. But what I really like is the idea that once you start combining all of these together so for example if you're using classroom and you create an assignment you can think about how you set that assignment with a video introduction and then you might design the task so that everyone's got choice of how they complete that task so that might be about turning in the document which they're voice typing it might be creating a video it might be a whole range of different ways so it really kind of all knits together so well and then I'm just saying the most creative use that's come out of things like Google Forms for pupils that are um, selective non-verbal communicators. And they ask their questions of the teacher by completing a question in the form, which alerts the teacher to let them know. And I'm also seeing a classroom that's got a support assistant as a co-teacher in the classroom, which means that they can be in the documents working with students and no one needs to know um, because they're both working on the same document or they can have access to the same document. So I think what we need to do now is to start surfacing all of these examples because you don't tend to see these on the Hangouts and Air or the, you know, the kind of usual demonstrations, but you're, you're really trying to highlight the teacher's creativity in using the tools as well. Uh, I think for me, I think one thing that drew us to Google right from the outset was built for the cloud, for the cloud, and that device agnostic I think it, it really screams home. We, we have a SCND provision at Leeds City College, but we also have students that are um, accessibility needs of, of, of many genre. And I think the fact is, before technology really played a part, students were getting yeah. support in a class, but then when they went to library or they went home, what actually happened? I think learning was not accessible and wasn't supported for all as much as we wanted it to be. But now being cloud-based, a student can sign in and, and can get the same support as actually what they get in the classroom and it's normal behaviour for them. I think, I think it's massive. I think it's it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've highlighted the sync function. So if you've got your settings on one device on your Chromebook, log in anywhere else and those functions and are going to sync with you so you don't need to re-establish or add in the extensions all over again. So no, that's that's been such a, a good feature when I'm explaining it to teachers. The other thing, of course, is what's coming out. And at Google I.O. Um, this year, they highlighted some of the new projects which are coming along. And people say to me all the time, you know, that uh, voice typing is great, but what if you maybe aren't underst- understood? And clearly they're embedding machine learning into the way that people are speaking so that people with communication difficulties can still be understood. And that's Project Euphoria. And some of you who maybe have Pixel phones will send that you've got live dictate now on your Pixel phone. And that will, it's really funny because I have mine on all the time. Um, and it will just start dictating what you're saying um, as a live transcribe. And you can see that when things develop and appear in the consumer world, it's not going to be long before they get used in the education world. So if you've 
you know, you've, you've seen that, that it's an Android app, you'll be able to put that onto your Chromebook um, and people get to sit at the back of the class and have the whole conversation transcribed to them. But they're taking that technology one stage further so that live captioning could be built into phone conversations, for example. So you could have your phone on speaker and it would be transcribing for you as well as being able to watch videos on your phone and uh, have the captions come up to you. And I sometimes think that these things are born out of necessity and, of course, accessibility requirements. But how many people are secretly watching their phones when they're asleep at night and they don't have the volume on because they want to scroll through and have a look at their favourite social network? Usually <laughs> have captions on now because, you know, it's, it's just given, isn't it, that people scroll through with sound off or maybe have headphones in I don't so yeah I think it's great to see what's coming out and it's quite exciting when you see that and then of course there's and it's really funny because someone where everyone asked me you know what is Google for education and that's a really difficult question to answer and I say to people it's so much more than just G Suite and Chromebooks. It's all of the other kind of experiences that go with it, whether it's computing science or experiments or expeditions and actually the the google experiments is something really underused and underknown and i would urge people to go and have a look at the experiments particularly the creativity ones that have been designed around accessibility and it's actually given people the code to go ahead and design creative apps that might become commonplace so you can see you can play the guitar just with your hands and your browser and you can conduct an orchestra and all these kinds of things so i would really urge people just to try and have a look at what else is out there that are involved in it is just so much more than just g suite and chromebooks just g suite and chromebooks anyway i'm going to go to something uh, in regards to the offline features of some of the some of these tools and 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 looking at accessibility a different strand of accessibility and something that we're conscious of is digital inclusion so some of these students are going home and they might have a device, but actually how do they access it because it needs Wi-Fi, 3G and everything else? If they haven't got the money, if you can have a progressive web app or something that you've just talked about, accessible to learning is accessibility regardless of what EHCP or what need you have. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I'm just, I'm in awe. I think, I think it's yeah. just it's growing and it's just going to be massive. And just before we um, started recording this, I was mentioning that Scratch Offline, which is going to be a packaged Chrome app, is coming. So people will be able to use Scratch on their Chromebooks. And, and that's on, if you go onto the Scratch website, it's got information about that. So the potential for packaged Chrome apps um, to be used offline, I think, yeah, is, is only going to grow as well. Um, there's one that's worth checking out. Um, I think it's still in beta, but it's Docs Plus with Crick. That's, that's really worth having a look. So, and we're talking about a lot about the what's available and the the apps and what's what's in a Chromebook. But I think it's it's great for people to know that this actually does change people's lives, doesn't it? These tools are actually helping people have a life. And you shared on Twitter earlier today some of those stories. Would you be able to give us an insight into some of the real life lives that are being changed by these tools? Tools. Yeah, I mean, I. And I kind of alluded to it earlier on, and that's where people are coming up with their own uses for tools. And, 
I think the teachers being able to showcase how they're developing their creativity. And I mentioned the pupil who um, doesn't communicate verbally. But then you think about all of the other um, uses, um, particularly with multimodal types of feedback, for example. So we're seeing pupils who really struggle with written feedback, having video feedback has just revolutionised how they're able to and how they learn. So I think that that's been a real change for some students and having sign language and feedback as well because you can video feedback. That's just been immense for some of the schools that I've been working with. So, yeah, that has been life-changing. And I think that's a great example where that can just be used for all students when you can give verbal cues and give the assignment or give verbal cues and the feedback as well. A smile, a smile communicated in a video feedback is worth so much, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it increases the social presence of the, of the tutor or the teacher in class. And we know that that's a key factor in the success of any time, anywhere learning. Yeah, I think we're for our severe SND provision, we're uh, doing some work with Jamboard. Not necessarily accessibility in built, but actually some of the stuff and some of the work that they're doing in terms of being a, the mobility and the, and the simplicity of it, we've mm-hmm. created some drag and drop stuff uh, and some, um, some really simple stuff for us. But actually, it's bringing learning to life for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not about us, it's actually about what they can do. And I think some in terms of communication, they're saying words and they're repeating words like drag and pull and move yeah actually they're learning from the teacher that they're constantly just reaffirming that and these are students that just don't have communication skills verbally and and that's been a big plus for us one teacher um sent me an example where uh they had been using emojis for topics in classroom um and it was a health and well-being topic and that was just such a nice way of being able to make it come to life use emojis as as is your topic headed instead of words i've sent a few blog posts about that one of the other uh developments which is in beta with google for education at the moment and you can sign up to it is being able to put metadata onto your documents in Drive. And I'm quite excited about this because the potential for data literacy lessons on the back of this. So you can look at keywords associated with data. You could look at hierarchies or taxonomies of data. And I think that could be really interesting for people because we talk about data literacy, but people don't really, I don't think, really understand what metadata is or to actually look at data. And actually, it's not just numbers on a sheet, but it can be all types of data. So data literacy and that ability to use that metadata in Drive is going to be really powerful when that comes in. So I'm quite looking forward to making some content and some lesson plans around that. I quite like that as well, because some of the stuff I do around digital marketing and SEO and tagging and keywords and all the stuff it's a very similar process but allowing that within your own stuff i think just as we're, we're almost out of time but i thought it would be really great to have a conversation about the um the global google team that's working on accessibility um what's what's that like and, and what you've seen maybe around the world or um what's happening Oh, have a look at the Hangouts on Air um, that was just done. And what's nice is that there's lots of resource sharing and we'll all contribute towards slides and marketing materials that are coming out 
and actually don't knock what's happening in in our own kind of area because I love the work that Cap did with the yeah. um, accessibility flashcards which I printed and I use a swag now so I really have a bugbear at the moment about kind of swag that ends up in landfill um, and you want to make purposeful swag for teachers so with the flashcards which Cap created which has been you know the, the process of um, you know being inspired by other things that the team have created as well and and slide decks etc so I printed them out laminated them put them on lanyards and the teachers love them because they've got them hanging up in every single class now which has got accessibility shortcuts on them and they can just flick through so I think that's a really nice kind of um, way to to say to people don't shy away from sharing your ideas if you've got a good idea and you share it with the team it will be published and it could be something that's just used globally and that's the nice thing about google although it's a huge organization it's actually quite a close-knit team globally who support each other totally well thank you very much for uh, for coming on and thank you for sharing that we'll put lots of no- uh, links in the show notes to uh, the Hangouts on Air and some of the uh, the videos that you shared on uh, from YouTube as well that you shared on Twitter. But we uh, we really appreciate you coming on. This is second time for you. Yeah, Thank I think you. you're the first Google to come on twice. So, uh, so Dean, everybody else, um, Louise is our favourite Googler. Yeah, I feel very honoured. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And good luck with your awards and your upcoming um, summits. I look forward to hearing more about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you, Louise. Thanks.